Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pick a Loaf and Dr. Zong! week we got uh, some some young Burt for you some Burt Reynolds with Seamus from 1973 and White Lightning from 1973 as well he was busy that year daddy I didn't realize that I need to turn this music down still too loud Sam how are you sir you live on Bad Street the the neighbors and everything it's true Yes. I'm okay. I just uh, spent two hours getting my oil changed. Yeah. <laughs> and I spent two hours playing the new Final Fantasy XIV. Ooh, I haven't played. Yeah. I haven't got a new game in quite a while. It's, it's like it's an online, uh, one of those online massive multiplayer online role playing games. Um, so I just I've been online chopping trees and. Killing goblins and shit. Oh, one yeah, of those, that, huh? That's 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 engulfed most of my time this week. Um, so that I, and being pissed off about um, steampunk stuff. Steampunk? Yeah, did you see that picture? Somebody posted a picture of some this female character from the steampunk. I don't know if it's uh, what the hell it is, but I mean, people have the, the, the geekdom have been going berserk. I didn't see that how stupid it is. And blah, blah, blah. Don't you go to our group? Yeah, sometimes. Well, it might not be. Uh, it's probably not on our group. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on another group. It's gotta be. There ain't nothing new on our group. <sighs> Whatever. Well, um, what else have you been up to this week besides two-hour oil changes? What have you well, been watching? Well, um, not uh, a lot, but because, uh, I mean, you know, we just recorded here, uh, what, like Saturday or something? Yeah, it's been, been a, only been a handful of days. Yeah. I've been working I, every day, so. Last night, I... Uh, Spent uh, most of the time doing nothing, sleeping. I think I went and I started to watch a movie and I fell asleep. And uh, I can't figure out why, how I can sleep all day and then sleep all night. <laughs> and then when I'm getting my oil changed, I'm in there yawning. And I'm like, God, man, I like to get to sleep. Um, I watched. Uh, oh, it's in, the, it's in the it's in the comics group, the steampunk. Oh yeah, these people are going nuts about that shit. All right, I'm going to check it out. I'll see what the yeah, see, see what uh, you got to read the, the the one person's response, which is hilarious, you know, because I guess somebody put down 
you know, that this character was sort of like, uh, you know, what are they doing? The Joker and Willy Wonka put, throwing all this stuff together. And this, that, that, uh, that nerd guy went nuts and fucking, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I watched undisputed two with Michael Jai white and Baker. um, it was fun watching it again. I would, I think that I like three better than two now. Okay. And I like both of them better than one with uh, Wesley. Wesley. Now, okay, so two was... Michael Jai White is the boxer that goes Michael to, Jai White is Wesley Snipes, right? Or is he... Because that character moved... From, was he Wesley Snipes or was he Ving Rhames? I can't Probably remember. Wesley Snipes. Maybe he was, yeah, it's one of the two, but... Okay, so that one still takes place in America. No, no, no. Two takes place in Russia. Okay, then what? Where? Okay, where was three? I saw three. Three is in Russia too. Same prison? Uh, no, because two, they Michael Jai White is in Russia doing, uh, you know, adver- uh, uh, doing uh, advertisements for this whiskey. And they they frame him. Mm, okay, okay. So he goes to prison because they want him to fight Boyka. Because nobody fights Boyka. Boyka beat everybody. <laughs> so the odds were, you know, the gamblers weren't making any money because nobody was a threat to Boyka because he is uh most complete fighter in the world. Um, so Michael Jai White brings his big ass over there and it's in a Russian prison. And Gaga is Boyka's manager or whatever. And then in the third one, uh, Boyka, his knee was destroyed and by George, <laughs> whatever the hell his name was, George Hansen or something. Um, uh, so that's when they bring Turbo over there. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to play the Boyka. Uh, the tournament, but I think they may have. Moved oh yeah, and Boyka some. makes a face turn in the third one. Yeah, Boyka was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Marco Zoror is the is makes yeah. happens to be even a bigger asshole. So it was like <laughs> Flair and Funk. He Flair was, was the a steroidal, <laughs> drug idled, uh, uh, addled. I'm sorry, uh, Colombian, and he was fucking awesome in that. God, he was so nuts. Just like Funk choking out Ric Flair with a shopping bag or yeah, plastic bag. bag. It, 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 he he becomes such an asshole that it makes heel Flair the 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 good guy. Exactly. <laughs> okay. The next thing I watched was the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling. Oh, is that any good? Um, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it, that movie. The more I watch it, I went from all oh, that movie was okay to now. I have watched that movie so many times, and every time I watch it, it gets better. I can't believe that it actually gets better. Ron Perlman is just awesome. Um, just about everything in that's good, and uh, and you know, I, I wish Jake was here so he could bitch about Gosling. Just standing there, straight faced, with a vacant look on his face. He does not like Ryan Gosling, but that's all right. Uh, next thing I watched was Across the Pacific with Humphrey Bogart. Um, this was ooh, directed by John Huston. Um, and um, it was pretty good. I really liked it. I liked. I mean, the whole movie was good. Now, the only thing is that it is Bogey is. Um, taking on some Japanese uh, right it's like before World War II right before Pearl Harbor and some of the Japanese uh, 
there's like a couple that they really are stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Like the one guy, I'm telling you what, the 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 water glass I'm drinking out of right now, uh, the thick part on the bottom, uh, his glasses were so <laughs> thick, you know, round thick glasses that they always, you know, why make do they a, do that? Is it because it makes is it because it makes your eyes look like uh, different? Were, like oh, it made him look huge. They were so I mean, it made his eyes look huge. But the one thing about that was he didn't he this guy the the character was very Americanized. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had been, went to college in America, so he just talked like we're talking right now. But he has to have these giant Coke bottle glasses. So, But anyway, but still, the movie was good. I really liked it. Um, I watched uh, The Maltese Falcon with Bogey. I went on a Bogey uh, double douche like right after that. I watched them back-to-back. I like the Bogey. Yeah, and I, and I read about like uh, how he died. And I was like, God, he was only 57. That's not that old. And, uh, you know, I guess he had cancer yeah. and he knew it. And, and so he just, I, I think that he must have thought, you know, okay, I'm going to die. So, uh, you know, what's the point of, I'm just going to continue going on. And he didn't get treatment or anything. And then once he decided, once he finally went and got treatment, it was like too late. But he just basically wasted away. Um and that uh, Maltese Falcon, I will say this. I think uh, Scott Clickers said that is like his favorite movie. Mm. Um, hmm. I didn't like it as much. Uh, and I know it's a classic, but I actually liked Across the Pacific but, uh, better. So okay. it's this is a, a Maltese Falcon is a Dashiell Hammett uh, adaptation. It's it's good. It's got a lot of, you know, uh, interesting characters like uh, Peter Peter Laurie is uh, a baddie in it, and he is pretty funny. And there are some uh, sexual undertones there uh, when, like, uh, Bogey slaps him around and shit. And I think Peter Laurie might uh, kind of enjoy it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> next thing I watched, and don't hey, do not ask me why. I watched Jennifer Lopez in Enough. <laughs> with I think it was Billy Crudup. <laughs> Crudup. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh she is a a mother. Okay. And her husband is very abusive. And finally she says enough. And she goes and trains and he's like a psycho because I mean he's like really controlling, he beats her up and shit and she takes off and goes on the lamb with her kid. But then he's like obsessive and he wants his woman back. He wants that big butt back sit on his face and so um she goes and learns like martial arts and shit and it was goofy because then she goes and you know says enough and then fights him mma style (laughs) (laughs) uh what um and then the next thing i watched (laughs) now i watched this last night and this is another one i don't know what the fuck i mean i'm like doing uh, I don't even understand. I watched Axe Giant, the, like the legend of Paul Bunyan or something. You're on a roll like me. Or... Yeah. This was um, – it's on uh, Netflix Instant. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, what the fuck is this? <laughs> kind of a weird concept, you know, Paul Bunyan, uh, the wrath of Paul Bunyan. I'm sorry. Axe Giant, the wrath of Paul Bunyan. Um and and the box, I thought, okay, well, you know, you always hear like Paul Bunyan, the 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 legend, uh, the whatever, and they're they're gonna make a uh, horror movie out of this. And I put it on, and I mean, within the first five minutes of the movie, I was like, oh my god, 
it's like, okay, have you ever watched any sci-fi? Yes. Movie, original sci-fi original. Well, that's, that's this. Okay. Okay. And right off the bat, I thought, okay, how bad can this be? Because here comes Grizzly Adams himself, Dan Haggerty. Okay, and he's got to be fucking 70 years old, but he looks sort of pretty much the same, except he's kind of gimped up and everything. Um, it gets real violent real fast, and mm-hmm. uber ultra bloody with the CGI blood uh, and lots of um, grotesque uh, dead bodies with their guts hanging out, and like compl- like if somebody hits you on top of the head with a giant axe... And it split you almost completely in two down the middle, <laughs> and your body's laying over there like split. Uh, it's fucking awful. But I mean, it's awful in a way that it's kind of like, okay, I wanted to just keep watching it yeah. <laughs> to see how bad this really could be. Sometimes those sci fi movies, they're the CGI is really horrible yeah. and all that shit, but it's fun. They're fun to watch just because you're like, okay, god damn. You know, how, what you're, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and I still think the concept is good, but I I would give it a one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, Craig Baldwin's Sonic Outlaws. I uh, got this in the mail the other day, and he's the one that does the um, collage like uh, movies where he pieces like all these film clips together to make us to 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 uh, make like tell uh, like a documentary. Uh, or some of it's sort of pseudo documentary, but uh, like if you had, he'll have pe- like the 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 narration of somebody saying something, right? But instead of having like uh, say L. Ron Hubbard actually there doing doing an interview, they'll he'll piece together these clips from like advertisements and all mm-hmm. this stuff, and so the the mouths don't match up. But when you're watching it, you actually can kind of just it's it's just an interesting artistic uh way of doing a film i now this one sonic outlaws is um there was a group and they um decided to put out an album uh with a u2 spy plane on the front of it and i think it actually had the you know u2 just a U and a two on the front, and mm-hmm. a, U, a silhouette of a U two spy plane. And but the thing was, they knew that the 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 group U two had like it was say say it was like right after Joshua Tree, and their next album was just being, you know, people were waiting for them to put out their next thing, their next thing, and everything. And they knew it was coming out on this date. Well, this independent label, uh, they put out this album that, that they did. Um, in, and put it out in stores, and then they got sued. Oh, you know, because they were like, okay, now people are going to go and buy this, thinking it's you too, but it's not. It's and so anyway, but this is the way he does it, and and it, it talks a lot about, um, it deals a lot about like copyrights and stuff like that, and like say um, the one guy made a point of, okay, if Beethoven, if they could have copyrighted his stuff, you know, nobody would have ever been able to perform Beethoven again without his family over so many centuries right. getting a cut and all this and that. So, I mean, they made some good points. But I, like I said, the, just I don't know if it would be f- the, the style that he uses would be for everybody, but it's just interesting on how he, like, you know, puts things t- together, just p- clips pieces of interesting uh, uh, like say advertisements or clips from movies 
or anything like that and and just kind of pieces it all together to tell a story so but that's a, that's all i watched i watched some uh, bru- uh bru- bruiser brody uh, bruiser brody greatest hits things with some stan hansen and Jimmy did you did you get Snuka. to the clip where they it was like it looked like it was the finals of maybe a tag team tournament or something and they got into this huge brawl like in the back and like it was like I think Brody had would just he had just won it but there was this huge argument in the locker room and like I don't of course so it wasn't when Hanson was real bloody yeah yeah that's the one I watched yeah okay yeah they had some goddamn let me tell you something people listen up back when um. Over here, you know, you before wrestling went like mainstream with Hogan and all that shit. Um, even then, I mean, Japan treated it more like a a real sport, and I liked the spectacle that they. I even back when I the first time I saw some of that stuff, um, when you saw uh, like all Japan or even New Japan stuff. I mean, they have flower girls come out and stand in the ring with all yeah. these big, huge bouquets of flowers, those streamers that they throw in the ring, uh, the trophies that they give out. I mean, these giant fucking trophies that are just beautiful. I mean, they really made it look like like almost like the fucking Olympics or something. They'd play the national anthems before the, you know, like when, especially in all Japan, they would play like, if it was a world championship match, I think, even in all Japan, they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd play like if Harley Race, they'd play the American National Anthem and Baba or whoever, Jumbo. And um, But yeah, it was just some good stuff. I like watching that shit. And and, uh, and re- very competitive. You know, like when you watched Hulk Hogan and he basically did the same match every time where the guy would beat him. You know, he'd come in the ring, clean, clear the ring. The guy would finally get the upper hand, beat him down, beat him down. Then he'd Hulk up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big boot, leg drop. One, two, three. <laughs> and these are more just like, you know, dog like just dog eat dog uh going back and forth just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. So it was a lot more, you know, I think I, I don't know. Well, I I I finished up Brody's uh, biography this week and uh definitely recommend that one if if anybody's interested. It's uh it's a neat little look into Yeah, I haven't his, got that one yet. It's good. It's it's you can find it pretty cheap, I think, yeah. used. Um and uh, I started uh, I started reading Hooker at the beach, mm-hmm. um, which is good so far. He talked about stealing ears of corn and stuff and eating them in <laughs> hotel rooms. Um, but uh, yeah, and then the the, the wrestling I watched this week was uh, more of this big Rock and Roll Express set that I have. And uh, yeah, Hooker is like a time capsule. I like when the, they they would talk about how the one guy was this notorious Hooker. But he would go into these small little towns, and they called it barnstorming, but he would just wear like a pair of old raggedy bib overalls mm-hmm. and, and just kind of hang out on the street. And they pulled up, and they're like, hey, man, what's going on? He's like, get the hell out of here. You know, I don't want anybody to, to you know, because then he would go to these carnivals and, you know, uh, and clean up making a bunch of money challenging people or whatever. And yeah. It's just a, just a totally different time. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's crazy. And he bought, a, he bought a Model A Ford for $45. Yeah, to get around. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder watching. how long it took to change the oil. I Jesus, <laughs> sixteen days. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I was watching some uh, some rock and roll with Hacksaw Dugan. <laughs> stupid, stupid Bill Watts always called him Dugan for some reason. Yeah, um, I watched some um, some old uh, 
I don't know if it was on. I think it had to have been on the the shit that you shared with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. uh, and uh, from St. Louis, uh, oh, yeah. they when uh, Ted DiBiase started, they would they called him Ted DiBiase. <laughs> so weird. They would just be like, "Oh, DiBiase is in there, Ted DiBiase." And Flair even called him in an interview. He goes, "DiBiase," you know. <laughs> uh. Um. But the only the only movie I watched was uh, I, I turned on because that like I said that Final Fantasy game has been taking up tons of my time this week. But I watched uh, Olzana's Raid. Um, I think That's this was one. this is on this must be on Netflix because I was just kind of randomly finding one. Uh, this is Lancaster, Burt Lancaster with very frizzy hair and frizzy mustache. Um, I like this one a lot. It was a, it was a lot it was a lot more. I know we talked about this in the westerns we reviewed. Was that last week we did the westerns? Man, last week was a blur to me. I felt like so so shitty. Um, the uh, where I was surprised that it was as kind of graphic as it was. This one was yeah. the same thing. Like fucking like the the Apaches pull a dude's heart out and start playing catch with it, and like there's people just like strung up like upside down, and dude has like a dog tail shoved in his mouth, and <laughs> it was pretty nuts, man. I, I was surprised that it was as violent as it was one dude like shoots himself in the mouth with a pistol and it like you see his mouth and there's like smoke coming out of his mouth and most of the time if if you watch a a burt movie especially like once he got established now the ones when he was doing like noir and stuff they might be kind of cookie cutter Mm -hmm. but when he started getting control and and became like a big star uh none of his stuff was really uh i mean if you watch a western with him in it it's usually your like you said, it just kind of leaves you surprised because there's more to it than just your standard western. Yeah, this was neat because it's you know the the scout of the group was an was a, an Apache Indian and I, I don't remember what it was called, but the when they would uh, the cavalrys would go out and they would get um, you know members of this tribe to basically sign a contract saying like you know I'm not going to be you know for this kind amount of money or whatever I'm not going to be part of the tribe anymore. I'm going to help you know yeah keep everything in order Don't they call that winning the hearts and minds <laughs> yes <laughs> influencing um yeah. but uh this was this was good and it made me want to go back and read um uh p- p- the cormac mccarthy one the blood meridian mm. it's the same it felt like same kind of thing with like a, a group just kind of out hunting in, indian scalps um so it was and it was a lot more violent than i thought so it's a good one ozana's raid it's on instant so Check it out. And that's all I watched. <laughs> what? That is it. Yeah, I told you. Short week and lots of gaming. Well, you can't sometimes you gotta uh you gotta have those weeks. Yeah. And I was really busy with the group because the group's been so active lately. I was, <laughs> trying to keep up. I, thought, I was like, what group? Are you in a musical group? <laughs> all right. Uh let's take a break and come back. Do you have a preference? Let's do Seamus first because and <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> with a review of Seamus. But my boss is. When I come home after a hard day's work, there's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles. And sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole! 
right. Back from that break. You know, I don't, I don't have a ton to say. Maybe I should take the lead on Seamus. No, we already made up our minds. Damn it! There's no changing. No changing. Introduce it here. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about it, and then you can. Well, we'll, you can, we'll just do. What yeah, we'll whatever. Say. Okay. Well, I'm not even prepared now. Okay. New York private eye, Seamus McCoy, likes girls drinking and gambling. But by the look of his flat business... By the look of his flat, flat, business can't be too hot. I don't like that kind of language. So an offer of $10,000, find some diamonds stolen, daring, Alexis. (laughs) (laughs) By the look of his flat... Um, so by the look of his flat business. <laughs> all right, so so this movie for me, when I when I gave it the the noise earlier, um, was that a was that a signal? What did that mean? No, okay. I wanted to like this. Um, it ends up being kind of average. Uh, I give it a five. Okay, what do you have? To, no, uh, um, <laughs> I as the movie kept going on. Um, now, who directed this thing? I'm going to blame it on Bert, Buzz, Buzz, not Bert, Buzz Kulik. Buzz um, Reynolds. Buzz Reynolds. Buzz. My, my friend Brad has a brother named Buzz. And I don't uh, think it's a nickname either. <laughs> Buzz, Buzz did quite a bit of stuff, but mainly made for TV. And from what I read, this actually, they attempted to make this into a TV uh, show. Like they made a pilot. Um, after this movie, you <laughs> said you liked it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, they brought the Seamus McCoy character back for a t- like a TV movie that they wanted to make into a TV show, but it never caught on. So, but the the, the big my biggest issue with this movie is that as it goes on, like it gets it just you stop caring after a while. The oh, you stop caring. I stopped caring. The story just kind of, it's kind of convoluted. It's, it's, it's doing way too much. I don't know for the, for what it could have been. And I wanted to say this off the air, but I decided to save it on. Uh, I love how on the poster, um, he, the, the, the poster doesn't really match the movie. I don't think, cause I don't recall him like being suave and like pulling out his pistol and slinging his shirt up. But his shirt, whenever <laughs> I see it, his shirt looks like bacon. Like it looks like he's slinging a big piece of bacon over his shoulder. Yeah, that artist is a little bit. No. <laughs> I don't know. Is that supposed to be movement that like, or is it just like I he's got, so. I think the wind is blowing. It's so funny. Anyway. <laughs> see, you um, enjoyed it. So it's, <laughs> now in the, in, in the, in the opening scene, like I got to say at least one thing about it. The, 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 the robbery is unique. They don't give it a lot of time, but <laughs> like, it's like you got these guys in these, um, what are those things called? Like heat suits or like you see them when, uh, when guys are doing, they almost look like fallout suits, but they're silver. Whatever those things are called, these thermal. It reminds me of Fast, the uh, Fast and Furious, or the Fast and Furious, or whatever. Uh, don't you think there would be a better, easier way to rob something? <laughs> well, yeah, because they got these guys on the roof and they break open a like a, a, a what are those things called with the where the light shines through the skylight? The, the yeah, they break open a skylight and f- basically torch a guy and his wife with a flamethrower through the ceiling and then jump down to steal a... Like, couldn't they just have walked into the room and <laughs> shot him? 
But it's possible. It's the, that's another way. That's a you know. But you know, it, it was unique. Yeah, I think outside the box, me and my ass itches right now. <laughs> I'd never seen a flamethrower used in a in a robbery before. So, um, and uh, this is this is the typical convention. But the uh, I always do like the the use of a down on his luck private detective. I think the best private detectives are ones that are they have like a shitty office or a shitty. Apartment flat, or both. Shitty, yeah, flat. A shitty flat. Um, now, is it more or less common for this or for like a normal uh, or a successful private detective? I don't know if I've, I've ever seen a successful private detective. How about well? How about Maltese Falcon? Is he down on his luck? I can't remember. He's down, sort of. Yeah. He. You know. I mean, what? How much business can you do? Follow. It's like Jake Giddis in uh, Chinatown. How much business can you do? Just yeah. basically, most of the time, following around. Uh, somebody cheating on their husband or wife or whatever—that's what it, they do. It, it it works and I like it. And um, but They'll retrieve uh, yeah. videotapes that people haven't returned to the video store. I wonder what the first one ever was. The first person that decided, you know what, I'm going to make a movie about these poor guys. It'd be a private dick. A private dick. I'll be a private penis. What? Um, What's that? Private dancer, but oh, private okay. dick. Yeah. Uh, his. <laughs> Wait, it's back. I do like his. I do like his uh, his his flat quite a bit. He he sleeps on a pool table. I don't know why he has a pool table, but a mattress is sitting on the pool table, and they often go. He was a he was a pool hustler. He's a Seamus. Well, they they he's a Seamus. They they go back to the joke a couple times of you got to put your feet in the side pockets to keep them warm with the chicks. (laughs) Oh. That reminds me. Speaking of Burt laugh, I found this awesome uh, YouTube video. It's called Burt Reynolds Laugh 10 Hours. Here you go. 10 Hours? Hang on. This is just for you, Zom. Your favorite, I'm sure. Oh, my God, YouTube. Let's do it. Let's get on with it already. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave that going for a minute. See, the thing that, I mean, there's like times in these older movies where he laughs for real, and yeah. his real laugh is kind of funny. Like, sometimes he'll go, but when, uh, when he does that fake laugh, man, that's just, oh, awful. And then I think he tried to make it his, like, uh, not catchphrase, but something, you know what I'm saying, like that. And it's just stupid. It's so fakey. We're 37 seconds in. All right. So, um, does that really go on for ten hours? Yeah, yes, it does. Christ's sakes! We should play that for the rest of the show. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a studio apartment. He uh, he shaves and brushes his teeth in the kitchen. He wakes up and there's a, a chick that he doesn't recognize in his in on his pool he's table. A groggy when he wakes up. Too. Yeah, he's a mess. He's got like a little pull down. Like a uh, basket for his uh, for his phone that hangs over the pool table. He it's still going. Uh, <laughs> a friend that laughs like that. I would. I would be. I would just not be a friend. <laughs> um, but. Uh, he puts uh <laughs> I gotta t- 
<laughs> it's not. It started to not even sound like anything. <laughs> All right, I'm pausing it. Um, so. <laughs> He, uh, the bathroom, he doesn't piss when he gets up, which is surprising. Yeah. Seeing as he's obviously hungover, he doesn't even have the beer shits. But um, he does uh, shave and attempt to brush his teeth in the kitchen, but he doesn't, oh, he's out of toothpaste. toothpaste. is pretty funny. So he, cho- he chews a piece of juicy fruit instead, which I couldn't. With, couldn't. The, with that fucking, what what do, they, what do they call those, like little cigar cigarette kind of deal? The yeah, brown? the cigarillo. It's a little brown, like, but it's all bent. Like he just, he just yeah, he never he's, lights he's it. He's chewing gum. He puts the gum in his mouth while that's still in the corner of his mouth and is like chewing that and does the he, gum. Does he ever actually smoke? He has the cigarette in his mouth a few times in the movie. I can't recall him ever actually smoking it. Well, when I think one, somebody lit up a cigar. Yeah, that was. Um, oh, wait, you know what? <laughs> that was Burt Lancaster in Elzana's Raid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. Uh, <laughs> um, was it the was it the 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 client that he goes to see the the guy in the cold with the cold room? Yes, that was pretty funny. Okay, so. Um, yeah, I said chewing gum with a soggy, bent cigarette. Um, so, now I like this character. The Seamus McCoy character, It's it, Burt Reynolds does a very good job with him. He's not too silly as he w- kind of became later on, which I don't, I'm okay with, with uh, silly Burt, too. Uh, <laughs> silly Burt. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but... Like I said, it's the story that doesn't do him any favors in this movie. It's the or the way it's kind of put together. And by the end of the movie, I mean, come on, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so I, I I like the way he uh, interrogates all of his guys. So he goes to he goes to the uh, he go, he's called by I guess it's the guy that owns the pool hall that kind of like he's kind of the answering service for him. Yeah, he okay. and he sends them he sends Bert different clients and this particular guy is related to the flamethrower murder that you see at the beginning of the thing. And basically the, he said, he tells Bert, like he sets it up and, um, uh, he says a bunch of diamonds have been stolen uh, and he wants the diamonds back. Jesus. Um, and, uh, but in this, in this scene, this guy, this guy at first, when they showed him from a distance, he looked a lot like, uh, Nicholas cage, like hamming yes. it up. <laughs> but, um, the who was his name? E.J. Hume. B.J. Hume. Do I know him? E.J. Hume. Ron. Ron Wyand is his name. I, don't, I didn't recognize him. From he's really, he's kind of weird and creepy looking. Yeah, he had some weird like like spaced out teeth, and he always wore sunglasses. I don't think he ever took his sunglasses off the whole movie. But um, the he's probably like looked at the script and thought, "Why bother?" <laughs> <laughs> The um, so he gets on the case and and this room that he goes in this the guy with the sunglasses EJ for whatever reason it's a weird character trait but they he apparently just really likes to be cool his guys that are uh, well you know I guess when Bert pulls up there you got he gets almost attacked by a German Shepherd which was pretty crazy looking like that thing was really I don't I guess it was trained to do that and at one point they actually have what. He didn't like Bert's laugh. <laughs> he didn't like that dog was like, fuck that fake laugh. But he, <laughs> he 
But they even have the dogs fight at one point, which I guess yeah, were, that was a big dog fight. That I guess they were trained too. to do that. Yeah, they looked like they were pissed, but I don't know. They, the guys had their hands in there, so they must have know what they were doing. But um, you know, they complain about it being cold too. He's like, we got to wear overcoats in the winter. But uh, the guy just keeps it super cold. He offers Bert uh, iced tea. <laughs> And Burke, Burt Reynolds, that was really funny because the guy's just talking about the problems he's having and Burt Reynolds is slowly trying to like pick up his jacket and put it over his shoulders. But he's So he's wearing his coat backwards like a blanket at one point, which I thought was really funny. But uh, we get him on the case and uh, the, this is where you get to see uh, Seamus McCoy's interrogation style. And he doesn't really, he's not very uh, discreet about it. He just fucking just like just chokes dudes out and yeah he's pretty tough i mean you know <laughs> yeah. he's not like a big dude but i mean he's he like when yeah. somebody says uh oh watch out for this guy he likes to hurt people and birch is kind of like <laughs> yeah you know? but uh, the, yeah i mean one dude he goes in like he, he has to go to the kind of the shitty part of brooklyn that's why he's hired is because this stuff's going on in brooklyn and he's a brooklyn private detective and the guy had told him you were the 53rd person i looked at or something <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, he goes to this kind of, I guess you could call it a crack house. I don't know what they were. Maybe it was heroin. They were they were heroin. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he asked to see, well, he first he asked for some junk for his arm or something and he gets a knife up to his throat. So maybe that could be the, uh, maybe that could be the theme of the week is Burt Reynolds with a knife against his throat. Yeah, um, that's true. Big but bear. the, um, he goes in and just basically cleans house. And man, that one, uh, the one dude, the, I guess he's obviously just a stunt man, but he sold like a champ for Bert because Bert threw him across the entire fucking room, like head over heels. Um, that was a real, it was a really good uh, flip of flip through the air. And it happened to all the all throughout the rest of the movie, but for some odd reason, there was no music during this initial foot chase. Like he chases the, and I noticed that immediately. I was like, "There's no music in this foot chase." And there's always music in, especially '70s foot chases. Oh yeah. But um, he catches up to this one guy and he starts interrogating. All right, where he 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 needs to know information. Um, and he dips the dude's face. The dude he he has tackled him in an alley, and he smeared like smushes the guy's face. I guess into a garbage bag. But gr- I don't know what the hell was. It looked in. like I, I when I first saw this a long time ago, I thought it was shit. But I think it it looked like it was like chili because the guy had a fucking uh, lima bean stuck to <laughs> yeah, his face like, right under his eye. I thought it looked like baked beans a little it was bit. Gross. Oh god, it was really and Bert was just like mushing his hand into the guy's face, like pushing his head up Ugh. against the wall, and you could tell it was getting all over his and the dude kept spitting pieces of baked <gasps> bean juice all over the place as he was talking. You know Ugh. it was all over the suit. <laughs> <laughs> but That's the gross. um you know he's making his rounds, and um, eventually, what happens is he starts. He gets far enough in his case, and he's supposed to report back every day. And um, but he gets far enough in his case where he starts to get. But uh, basically, he starts crossing paths with something else going on. Um, he he's going up the chain. Um, he's told to go to this really douchey looking restaurant called the health club. <laughs> and, um, but he wants to watch, he wants to wait for one dude that works in there. And, uh, so he hangs out at a bookstore across the street and ends up like the nerd uh, uh, girl with big tits. <laughs> oh my God. That was awesome. The way they framed up her tits when she, cause she works at a bookstore and, uh, 
he walks you didn't get in. That body overnight, did you? <laughs> she 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 totally fell for it. But uh, there was just like a space in the bookshelf, and all you see are her big old sweater tits. Um, <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> but he in order to stay over there across the street unseen, he you know he woos her like crazy. And, yeah, that's um, something to do to kill time. You know what? He looks. I don't know if it's the mustache. He looked a lot older in this movie than he did in White Lightning. Yeah, probably. Probably the stash. It must be because he. I mean, by this it's point, you know, caterpillar. Caterpillar. We originally say we originally said this was going to be a young Burt double, but he already had freaking lines in his forehead and everything. I don't know how young he actually was. Well, it's probably because of the toupee. <laughs> the weight of the toupee yeah, the was weight. creasing his forehead. So um, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is what you know the other interrogation where he throws a dude down fucking st- an alleyway stair- stairway and like chokes I like him out with a chain because that, that guy was a jerk yeah yeah a big muscle head jerk um and at this point when he starts getting up like up the chain and the two there's two stories that start intertwining this is really where the story kind of loses a lot of focus and uh, he gets involved with this this one kind of like the is it a spoiler to say what he finds in the warehouse? Mm, I don't think so. It's 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 like a, a military weapons kind of thing and he finds a dead body um but the um at, at this point he's dealing with, you know, very high up high end people and kind of two clients at once. He's gone to see this other this other client, this other, this, well, the chick that he, he initially tries to pick her up in, um, in the, the health club, Diane, he grabbed her ass. Yeah. And Diane the, and Cannon. on the gay guy. And where have I seen Diane Cannon before? Oh, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. At the I, Laker games and shit. She always sat in the front row of the Laker games. And, yeah. She, she, for me, she's somebody I recognize more with her older middle-aged face or current day as opposed to her young face. She looks a little different. Maybe she's had a lot of work done or something, but, um, she's pretty cute in this movie. She has a big head, but the, <laughs> but she plays Alexis Montaigne, um, who's, and has a brother Felix who owns a big business. And she, st- he starts working because Alexis wants answers about what her brother does, mm. who was involved with the initial case as well. And then, and, uh, I don't know. A jerk. He was, and he's sitting. He's all douchey, sitting out with his robe out on the on the porch, uh, on his deck, or what would that be called? Uh, in the in when you're rich, it's not a porch. A terrace. Deck. Yeah, his terrace. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the uh, Vic Pappas. Oh, Vic Pappas. Cannon was married to Cary Grant at one was time. She? Yeah. And he was old and she was young. The, uh, the I mean, there's a cool scene in that warehouse. There's a nice chase with Bert jumping through a glass window and shit. And uh, the, I don't know. At this point, really, like, I just started, I started to lose my focus on the movie. when Once the two stories start combining, this is probably the last 35, 40 minutes of the movie, the, the storyline just really kind of just loses its way for me. Um, what? I don't know. I mean, there's some good stuff. Uh, the some good chases and stuff. The uh, there's a really bad dummy in a car crash that I laughed at. Like it's like big plastic face right in the windshield. <laughs> um, 
there's a there's a scene where I'm sure the fucking stunt man got hurt got hurt because yes the tree he, he's supposed to jump Jeez. off of this like rock cliff and like catch a tree to kind of like fall slowly down to the ground this tree did fucking nothing and the dude just yeah. landed on his shoulders like folded Head, in half yeah. oh, he did get God. hurt I mean well I mean it was it was a fuck up. It, it wasn't supposed to go. I read that because okay. I saw that first time I saw this. I was like, "Holy shit!" I even rewound it on VHS a bunch of times. I showed it to a friend the other night, and I said, "Look at this. Tell me that that this isn't a stunt that went awry." And then I looked it up, and they said it did. And but they had the camera rolling, so they thought, "Well, we'll just you know use it because it looks so fucking horrendous." Yeah, I guess when uh, I guess if I, I kind of wonder, unless he like died or whatever, or if a stunt man dies. I would think if you're a stuntman and you do a stunt that look like it's obvious you got hurt, you'd probably want to keep it in there. Just be like, hey, look what the hell happened to me, you know? It's like wrestling. It's good for business. <laughs> yeah. Leave yeah. it in. It's good for business. I like the scene where Burt Reynolds punches through the glass, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it would not really happen, but, you know, whatever. Um, and the stuff like with Colonel Hardcore, come on, that was so dumb. <laughs> he was an ass. John P. Ryan plays him, and I think he was better in Class of 1999, which I seen recently. But I don't know that the where this where this story went. Ugh. Um, I don't know. It didn't. It ended up not working for me at all. It really hurt the movie for me. Um, <laughs> yawning, yawning, Bert laugh. What do you? What did you think about? It? I know you like it better than me. I like it. I, I've I've had this on VHS and I've watched it. I don't know how many times. I think it's pretty fucking funny. Um, I like uh, the the one thing that I didn't like, but I guess you know they always try and put like some kind of odd characters in there or something. Was the guy Springy that he was Bert's like uh, buddy and not sort of like Snitch, but buddy and the guy had like a um, photographic memory. Mm-hmm. He'd be like. 1942, Max Schmeling knocked out Joe Lewis in 12 rounds or something like that. And he would always have these stupid, just all these facts. Uh, I mean, was I, that supposed to be just like a, a, a character trait of his or did it mean anything at all to the... No, nah, I think he just, it was just a, uh, an odd character trait. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, like I th- it, you could see how this could possibly have been spun off into a TV show like you said like Rockford Files or something where yeah. he had Angel and he had these because like um, Bert has a buddy that's a cop who is Joe Santos who was uh, on the Rockford Files pretty much probably played the same character um, and he had so th- I mean Jesus Christ the Rockford Files could have pretty much been sp- spun off of this because it was sort of the same thing um, <laughs> The fat guy that that's you know the Seamus isn't here you know call him at his house or whatever. Um, the, Bert takes a, a a terrific ass beating and then I guess the guys just threw him with his clothes in the bathtub. And so when uh, <laughs> Springy comes over, he's like, "What are you doing in the bathtub, McCoy? What are you doing in the bathtub?" And he's like, <laughs> uh, uh, "Taking a bath or whatever." He goes. Should you take your clothes off or something? You know, it's just stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I liked the EJ Hume character and, you know, him being like freezing his nuts off all the time <laughs> yeah. and making everybody else freeze their nuts off. Um, Diane Cannon, I liked, the, I liked uh, how they introduced her character when she walks in this crowded bar with this big hat on and as and Bert immediately sees her and walks over and as he's, as he's like walking behind her, grabs her ass. 
And uh, he's like, I saw that. I saw that. Now that guy did. And she turns around. She's like, who the fuck grabbed my ass or whatever? And he blames it on this guy. And, of course, he picks the one. The one guy whose hands are full. <laughs> and the guy was gay as hell. I mean, you know, he's like, I certainly did not. I'm never coming here again. You know, and I was like, Jesus. So, <laughs> leave, it, leave it to Bert to have either gay or racist jokes in his movies. Yeah. So the girl even knows that, you know, Bert's probably the one that did it, but he has he has this way about him where he just like can make her laugh and and plus he's like, you know, he's got some charisma. Um and like like when he seduces the uh big glasses, big tit librarian. Which I couldn't tell awesome. I couldn't tell if she was hot or not. The glasses didn't help, but she looked like she had a pretty nice body. But yeah. she just had the hippie straight hair pulled, you know, part in the middle, pulled back in a ponytail. Not even pulled back, but just a ponytail in the back. And they made her look as as um crappy as they possibly could, but uh, she was probably like a goddamn Playboy playmate. <laughs> um now the one uh, there you could tell through a lot of this movie because I had heard this a long time ago. Like when Bert was young, he would do. I mean, he wouldn't do like high fall stunts and shit like that, but he would do a lot of a lot of his own stunts. So when they show him being chased and running and jumping from the tops of these tractor trailer trailers and shit mm-hmm. like that, that's him. Uh, and you can see him like leaping and jumping. Yeah, I mean, you could tell he does a lot of the driving in uh, the next movie too. Oh yeah. And um, so, um, I, like I said, I like the fact that even though he's he's got a sense of humor and he's funny, uh, that he he might not be like a like a really big guy or anything, but he's you know, like I said, he's a tough guy, mm-hmm. and you know, if he's going up against like that the big guy from the health club, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't go up and just like start fighting with him. He he <laughs> kind of picks a fight with him, but then like sucker punches the guy and and be, I mean beats the fucking shit out of him and then does the Ivan Koloff chain around the throat while he enhance interrogate interrogations him. So after he beats the living fucking piss out of this guy and almost chokes him to death, when when he gets up, um the guy's sitting there and he's like holding his throat and he's like you're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. And Bert turns around and like has his his hand in his pocket like he's got a gun. And, oh, and the guy's like, the guy immediately shuts up, and then he pulls his finger out and just goes, Pew. yeah. So I thought that was cute. <laughs> um, eh, uh, the, the the big fat King Kong Bundy guy. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, E.J. Hume had two. Uh, they had a couple of henchmen, but the main ones were the black guy, and uh, commonly referred to as the black guy, and <laughs> King Kong Bundy. This guy was like this big fat ball headed guy who, you know, he he could. When your gut, when you're so fat that your stomach is so big, you can't like put your pant, your waist of your pants under your gut. I had so seen that to, guy before too somewhere. He had to have had a, like a sixty-inch waist, so he has to pull his, have his pants up way up to almost his chest, and then you can see his gut down in the legs of his pants. Ugh. And burnt up, and it's like he's he's fucking comes chasing after Bert, and Bert hides in this room of this like shack or whatever outbuilding, and you can see <laughs> the guy coming in the door, and Bert has this log, big like log, and when the guy comes tries to come through the door, Bert hits him in the face. So the guy tries it again, he hits him in the face again, and then finally he covers his face up. He's like, that's <laughs> like how stupid Bert just clunked him. Um, 
you pretty much covered most of the most of the rest uh, or the, you know but i mean the one thing too is bert gets beat up several times and, and yeah. or even when he falls out of the tree like you said, that tree, it's like the Rambo thing where he jumps off the cliff into the tree to break his fall. This thing was not even a big tree. It was oh, like it was a, a small Yeah, it was a fucking sapling. And he just fucking, he leaps off this thing, and I don't even think it broke his fall for two seconds. Oh, God, it looked And he bad. didn't even land flat on his back. He landed on his, like, up, like on his shoulders and his head, like you said, almost like an accordion. His legs oh, come up. God, it, lo- it looked really bad. Um, But... Throughout the movie, um, he continues to sell, like, you know, even when he's running, like, he's holding his ribs or whatever and doing stuff like that. Um, I, I, like I said, I was kind of glad to see Felix Montaigne. I mean, um, I mean, I don't think the guy deserved to get his ultimate fate, but he deserved to get his ass beat. But even when he, (laughs) you know, they had, they had, these guys had him tied to a chair and were beating him. His makeup looked pretty shitty. Uh, like the the, it oh, just the bruises, like the, yeah, the bruises were pretty blue. Yeah, but I, yeah. I I was confused too why they were even doing that. I thought I, I, that's I don't know, I don't know. Now that you mentioned it, I don't even know why like what I don't why like what exactly happened were, to bring okay. him to that situation? But I guess we there can't was, talk about that without spoiling it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he had. Well, he he had no. He they wanted to know where something was. Oh, uh, well, yeah. he was involved in that. That whole spiel. Uh, he was involved from the beginning. Let's just say that. And I, I, and like you said, now that you say that, I, I'm I'm actually not confused, but I'm, I had to think. I was like, yeah, how the hell was he involved? <laughs> but Bert gets involved with his with his uh, sister. Oh, and, and they, they know, have that gross her. line he's, where he's some bus. yeah, where she bites his lip. And he's like, "What do you? What? Yeah, what just got to get through the brush. Ugh, I got to work my way through the brush to get to the picnic ground. Gross! She's like yeah. eating his mustache. Ugh. And then they were kind of, you know, sucking face. And he smokes cigarettes, so like I imagine his mustache probably just stinks. I just loved at the beginning when he goes to brush his teeth and he pulls out this this fucking toothpaste tube that has like it, it didn't even have." have like a speck of toothpaste in it. he's just trying to fucking squeeze it for all it's worth and he can't even get any toothpaste out of it so he just grabs a fucking chunk of gum <laughs> juicy fruit mouth. too it's not even <laughs> it's not even mint gum <laughs> in the morning uh, and that one chick at the beginning she was like you're not so bad oh, gosh your voice is annoying <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious oh, and, and why why Morris the cat that was Morris. That was actually Morris the cat. They the had the, they had this credit at the beginning, and, and that was actually Morris the cat was his I cat. I think at the time that that they used that cat on all these commercials, yeah. so it's almost like if they put Benji in a movie. <laughs> it was pretty famous. I I, yeah. I forgot all about Morris until that. But I like he had that horror at the beginning that he fucked on the pool table, and so while he's getting re- you know he's getting ready and shit like that, uh, or you know, and staggering around and everything, he um. It, he he puts on his clothes and all this stuff and everything and and he says um, he looks over at her and he offers her a cup of coffee and this and that and and he and she says something and he goes you're you're fantastic or something like that and she goes you're not so bad yourself and then as he starts to leave he goes you be out of here by noon <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny now there was one part that I just I, I was like nobody would ever do this, but they only did it to just set up this one kind of little joke for Diane Cannon to laugh at. Bert, um, go, I think it's after he got beat up or something, and he goes home and he's and, and he's taking you know. He's getting, <laughs> Is this when he sleep. comments on her lip? 
He did what? He comments on her lip. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was and like, she you says, a, I hate your mustache or whatever. You have a great upper lip or something. <laughs> but um, he starts taking his clothes off and he wears these, like, these, uh, they're not cowboy boots, but they're kind of like dress boots or something yeah, yeah, that yeah. they wore back then. And he sort of wears the same thing in the next movie. And I think it's because he's short and he wants to wear heels to make himself look taller. But he starts taking it. He takes his shirt off. And then he starts taking his, it, uh, I will use the 70s term, slacks. <laughs> yeah. He takes his slacks off. But he doesn't take the boots off, so he pulls them how, off. Pulls how the off. hell does he get? Now, the pants in the 70s weren't yeah. the loosest things. How the hell does he get them over those big boots? Well, they're flared at the bottom. But still, so then he's standing there in his boxers and his, and, and these, like, basically like cowboy boots and the only reason that they did because i was like when he started taking his clothes off like why the fuck is didn't he take his boots off to take his pants off and it was just so that when she comes in later and he's standing there and she turns the lights on Bert's standing there in his boxers with these boots on and she and she looks at him and starts laughing because uh, <laughs> diane cannon was known okay Bert was known for his fake shitty laugh well she was known for her you know laugh for a long time too but anyway um it's a it's a uh I think a kind of a standard private yeah. dick uh, from that time, like a Philip Marlowe kind of a deal movie. But I just enjoy it. I thought it was, I, I don't know. Or to, to, for me, this movie and the next movie, one of the reasons that I like, I liked Burt more. And if you watch movies from like the early 70s, he was still famous, but it was before. His turning point for me was Smokey and the Bandit. When yeah. he did Smokey and the Bandit, he started doing all the, the tongue-in-cheek, wink-wink at the camera, and, and started becoming too much uh, uh, the character of Burt Reynolds. Whereas in these movies, he is he's, more... He's very likable, and that's, that's my favorite part of this movie. And when I said a five at the beginning, that's really right where I am. I, 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 this movie ends up being only due for me due to Burt alone, like a five. It's a 5.5. Burt... I I really like him in the movie there, but the movie itself I'm just not a fan of. What? I give it a six point five. Six. It's not this, this one is a is a it's a like just like a favorite because I saw it when I was young and mm -hmm. then I just mm -hmm. remember it. I think it, I, there's a lot of n nostalgia for the sure. pre pre Smokey and the Bandit Bird. Cool. Well. Why don't we take a break and we'll come back and review some more Zombie Burt with White Lightning. We were going to do Gator, like I said last week, but I realized that White Lightning was the, the first in the, the duo. So I so thought we'd do that one. Anyway, White Lightning, we'll be right back. Buh. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> 
he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. easy one an ex an ex-con teams up with federal agents to help them with breaking up a moonshine ring that's not exactly right but it's close yeah, enough it's pretty simplistic uh we got some burt reynolds we got some jennifer billingsley playing lou now i thought they called her sugar pudding but they feel, sound like they were saying something different by the end what was her name her nickname um sugar pudding uh, sugar. no it was a. Uh, Something pudding. She she did sh- shaky pudding was what what she called fucking. Okay. He called her sugar something. I thought it was sugar. Maybe sugar a sugar pudding. pudding. Um, Bo Chip Hopkins pudding. is in here. Ned Beatty. Uh, and Diane Ladd for some reason spelling her name with one D. No relation to me. Her second appearance on our show. We also did Wild at Heart. We did Wild at Heart, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Zonda, apparently this is another one of your Burt favorites. Burt favorites. What would you think of Oh White Lightning? I love this movie. I love this love movie. It. Um, I, like I said before, you know, repeating myself again, um, that, um, you know, Smokey and the Bandit was Burt's big fucking movie where, you know, he just went shit wild nationally, internationally, whatever. Became this huge worldwide star. But I will take White Lightning over Smokey and the Bandit any day and twice on fucking, what, Saturday, Sunday, whatever they say. Anyway, um, (laughs) I like it just first of all because, like I said, Bert doesn't just do the you know stupid fake laugh. He does do the stupid fake laugh a couple times in this, but not that much. And he is just more of a serious actor. This movie is is like a fucking mean fucking movie mm-hmm. where, you know, Smokey and the Bandit was, you know, I mean, it's a comedy and shit, but this was like a badass fucking version of that with not as many. It has some laughs in it. It certainly does have that. But this was, back in the early 70s, there was a um, a lot of movies that came out like Walking Tall and, and and but you know rural movies that yeah. take this, place in the and, south and in the country. And when you say com like laughs, like Smoking the Bandit is like an action comedy. This mm-hmm. is an action movie that has some comedy. Has some fun, it, you know, some funny stuff in yeah. it. Um, but not it does. It's not overwhelming. Um, another uh, 
big famous rural movie of the time was Macon County Line, which you know Max Bear mm-hmm. Jethro on the uh, on uh, Beverly Hillbillies made and fucking made. I mean, it probably spent fucking fifty bucks on the movie and made like you know millions. Uh, did we anyway. did we review that one? We should we should. I like that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, now this movie. Well, if you haven't seen this movie, but you have seen uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, you will recognize Tarantino sw- stole or you know borrowed some of the music from this movie uh, for *Inglorious Bastards*. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the 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 scene at the beginning when Gator McCluskey, okay, Gator McCluskey is in prison, and it's pretty much like one of these not a chain gang, but it's like a cool hand Luke Southern prison where they don't like they're not in this big concrete prison like you see these days with big fences around it. it's like yeah. a work work camp yeah yeah kind of a deal and uh not and not really a chain gang but i mean they don't chain them up but they they take them out and uh and have big ditches or whatever yeah. roads and on cars and stuff like that they put them put them to work anyway so he's in jail and uh in jail for uh running white lightning running uh, moonshine and um, so, you know, back in the day, and I, you know, probably to, I guess today too, you know, making, that's why they have a reality show about moonshine. And I said, this is totally fake because if you were a moonshiner, would you put your face on national TV with your name <laughs> and show where you're making it and everything? Because the whole thing is, um, you know, you go to the liquor store and you pay, depending on what you're buying, say, Six bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, or whatever for a bottle of booze. Well, they'll make this moonshine and fucking sell a whole goddamn big milk jug of it for you know fifty cents or whatever or a dollar or something like that. So, and there's no taxes on it, so the government gets pissed. Um, it's sort of like the marijuana thing with the medical marijuana or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, today. So anyway, these guys have to. It's like Robert Mitchum and. Thunder Road. Uh, they get these cars and they soup them up, and um, you know f- uh, they have to deliver their moonshine. And um, um, basically, the, the the cops are after them. Uh, you know they'll try and stop them, but the cops, you know, a lot of the local cops are on the take. So it's it's mostly the federal revenueers that are trying to stop the moonshine business. Um, and if you watch like uh, Walking Tall or Walking Tall Part Two, you'll see more a little bit more realistic version of the moonshine stuff. Because if you're going to go deliver moonshine, you usually have a big truck and not <laughs> and not a fucking just a car that you. How much? I mean, how much can you put in a trunk of a car right. as opposed to like a big you know fucking truck? So anyway, um, Gator is in prison. Uh, for I think like five years or something like that, and but he's you know he's just he, you know Bert's got the charisma, so I mean he's a good old boy, and the the warden of the prison you know he likes him, and he's you know I guess most of the other guys like him and everything, and uh, but he um, at the beginning uh, the warden comes in and basically tells him hey you know you, you better get your shirt on and get over to the you know, receiving place or whatever, uh, you, you got a visitor. So he doesn't know what's going on. And, um, when he goes over his cousin who has, she looks like Haystacks Calhoun. And <laughs> did you see that hat? 
She has this hat that looks like Ross Cartwright's cowboy hat, except it's a straw hat. And she never puts it on, but it's sitting on the table in front of her. And I'm like, she actually fucking wore that hat. Um, But a lot of the fashion and stuff like that you see in this movie, it is definitely a time capsule of the early 70s. Uh, You know, the clothes that they wear and all the shit. And then in the South. Um, So she tells him that that his brother, um, his younger brother, has been killed. And, you know, and and like I said, when you watch this movie um, or Deliverance, it's a to me it's almost a shame, and I've heard people say this before, that Burt Reynolds did have the success he had with Smokey and the Bandit because he was so much of a better actor before. And then when he became Burt Reynolds, he, you know, or you know, that he became the character Burt Reynolds. Right, and that's right. all he ever did after that. Except in like Boogie Nights and some stuff like that, where he actually, you know, got some got some critical praise for not, you know, for, for playing a part, not and, just being and in the name of the king. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, and this is pre... And another thing is this is pre-plastic um, uh, surgery Bert. And he's like Mickey Rourke where he's, you know... But I will say this. Bert didn't start doing that shit until he got older. Mickey Rourke did it when he was fucking... Yeah, you know, pretty young. Yeah. So anyway, Bert is like, you know, well, what the fuck? You know, my my brother... His family is in the moonshine business, but his brother went to college, and he said he's not even involved in any of this, what's going on. And the cousin is kind of vague because she doesn't know exactly what happened, but she said, you know, his dad said something about the sh- this sheriff in this other county that, you know, that I guess it had to, you know, must have been like close to where they lived, but it wasn't like, you know, where they were around where they lived. Uh, Might have had something to do with it. Now, I will say this about this movie Ned Beatty. Mm. Is fucking awesome in this. Mm-hmm. He plays the sheriff of this southern town. Now, if you live in the south, or you know, we're kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of like they always say West Virginia is too north to be south, too south to be north, too east to be west, too west to be east, or whatever. Because we're just kind of in the middle, uh, not in the middle of the country, but it's just the way that's situated. But it's still considered a rural and a lot of people like a, a country redneck kind of area, and I'm sure living in North Carolina. Uh, I had a deputy sheriff that lived right across the street from me growing up. <laughs> There's a lot of police uh, I know growing up that were a lot like the sheriff in this town. Yeah. And he is a, he's a motherfucker to an extent. Like he's a, a dangerous guy yeah. and a, a, a mean ass fucker. But, also, but, but he's not just like a psychopath, like all the straight up, you know. Like when he sees people in town, they'll be like, you know, hey sheriff, you coming over for dinner? And he's like, apple pie, you know. I mean, he he, I can see how he probably got the way he was, you know. Well, yeah, he probably, he's getting fucking money for being what he's doing, what yeah, he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's he's corrupt. But then when you look at when he's some of the stuff that he says, like um, you know, this shit's been going on for. Before, you know, the sheriff before him and the sheriff before him and the sheriff before him. And also the thing, they make some like sort of political statements because, you know, you have like him saying, you know, if so-and-so wants to bring his sack of money in here and set it down to basically pay the sheriff off, uh, like everybody else does, uh, you know, and -and so-and-so wants to drink some whiskey and not have to pay goddamn 
10 bucks a bottle when yeah. you can get, you know, 10 cents a pint or whatever, uh, then that's fine. Cause it's just the system and that's the way the system has always worked. But if you look at it from that perspective, you can say, okay, yeah, that's true. But then this guy is, he goes too far because he's so powerful and such, and, and becomes such a, a piece of shit that, I mean, you know, them goddamn fucking hippies, you know, he, you know, he's murdered people. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not, it's not just, there's and that's, a lo- there's a lot ahead. of that political stuff in this movie, which I oh, thought yeah. was kind of interesting. The, uh, well, it was that time, you know, yeah, so. they're, they're going to, you know, he's, he's complaining that they're going to integrate their schools and that communism's moving in. Yeah. And the part that, the part that really made me laugh is when, um, and what was his name in the movie? The, the guy, uh, working with him, uh, Roy, when, when oh yeah. When uh, when Roy's complaining about legalizing marijuana, and uh, you know he says something about these hippies down here never doing a day in their of, of work in their life, even though like his fucking job is to drive around and yeah. deliver jugs of moonshine. Yeah, yeah I thought well, it was, I, ha- I thought it was interesting. I, I have a um, uh, a book about uh, the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Uh, and it's it's all about the moonshine business. And you see these movies, and they they sort of glamorize it, like with uh, the you know the car chases and shit like that. But like even in that book, they talk about you know uh, say a, a a sheriff or uh, a deputy or a federal you know alcohol and tobacco and firearms guy being murdered by these moonshiners, mm-hmm. or even the car chases. You know, a guy being you know crippled for life or or you know uh, killed. Uh, in one of these car chases and shit like that, so it's a lot dirtier and 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 you know kind of a uh, to an extent you know meaner you know kind of but it, in this movie it's like that too though I mean they it just it's um, but so anyway um, Gator um, I like the very beginning when he finds out about his brother because you can just see you know at first he's just like what the fuck you know and 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 Bert really sells it but then you know when he uh, even through this whole movie, I mean, you can really, I mean, he is so fucking pissed when he finds out what happened. Because like he said, you know, if if his brother would have been in the moonshine business and his cousin would have come and said, Donnie's been killed. And, you know, and it was something to do with like, you know, like being an outlaw, mm-hmm. then I think that he probably wouldn't have as much problem with it. But it was almost like, okay, you know. I've been in this. I'm wild. I'm an outlaw. I've I've been I've been in prison and stuff like that. I know that's the life I chose, and that's the shit that can happen to you if you're yeah. in that. But his brother, it was one of those deals where he looked at his little brother like his brother was the first one to go to college, and he was going to not do that shit. He was going to be better for it and everything. And there was even one point where this girl was telling Bert about her brother. Uh, and she says, you know, I knew Donnie, blah, 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 blah. He does, she goes, you know how he was. And Bert's like, not really. Because I think that he was always so wild and he was in prison and stuff mm-hmm, like that that mm-hmm. he probably wasn't around. And then I think that that also shows that, you know, he maybe that he was like, you know, maybe if I would have been here, maybe if I would have been there for him, I, you know, he was my little brother and now he's dead and I don't even never, I don't even really know him, you know, because yeah. I was always out being wild and doing all this shit. So anyway, Gator decides that he, 
he's he's think you know he's becomes almost like obsessed that he's going to get this sheriff, and so he he decides that he he's going to make a deal with um, the the federal government to you know bring in these moonshiners or whatever. That's how he sells it to them. Now in his mind. The only thing he's doing is he's he just wants to get out of prison, and he wants to get this sheriff. Yep. But he tells them, you know, I'll I'll help you, you know, do this, do that. And now, of course, to just about everybody, even including the warden, when he says that he w- wants to do this, I mean, it's like how people look down on an informant or a rat. You know, it's like you know you're gonna you know do this. That's kind of you know, yeah. I mean, he's got a he's got to muscle his way in pretty much. Well, that's even the worst, you know, even in prison, you know, they say like one of the worst things is if somebody f- says that you're a rat or that you're, that you're, you're dealing with the cops or whatever. So anyway, he gets out and, and they basically set him up. They give him this, this, uh, car, like a, I don't know if it's like a big Ford LTD or something. A lot of the cars that you didn't have <laughs> like a fucking, uh, Trans Ams and shit like that in this. And it makes sense. Because, like I said, they're using these cars to transport stuff. Now, how much fucking shit could you fit in a Trans Am or a sports car? Right, right. And, and, and well, that's his fucking car must have had a giant trunk in it, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, those big old. I mean, I grew up back then, so I mean, I remember those big cars like that big old fucking. Yeah, my steel. mom, my mom had a. My, my the biggest car I remember my mom having was a. Had to be like a nineteen seventy nine or nineteen eighty Monte Carlo. Yeah, and those, I mean, and that's when they started switching over and making them, you know, a little bit smaller. You yeah, know? it was two door, but that fucking thing was like I've 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 been in four door cars that are smaller than this. It oh, was yeah. the trunk like you could do you could lay it at spread eagle as a kid. <laughs> oh yeah, well, she, Jesus Christ, these cars like this. Um, when we used to sneak into the drive-in, you could get like two like a, like a couple of people in the fucking trunk, mm-hmm. like adults. And uh, so anyway. Um, you have, like I said, this is 1973, which was a. I was, you know, not. I mean, I was in kindergarten in '70, mm-hmm. so I mean, you know, I remember this time, and and the thing that I remember about this time was, it was, it was right after the '60s. So you still had – I mean, I remember going when they first built the mall where I used to live. That was like one of the first malls in our area. And people – I mean, that – the fucking – like when you go to a mall now at Christmas and there's not one parking space, Ugh. this is what it was like like every fucking day at the goddamn mall because it was so new and everything. But I remember going there and 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 you would see people that we called hippies. Mm-hmm. You know, people with just, you know, long hair, some of them looking fucking dirty, some of them looking like they were on some shit and stuff like that. It was when you were a little kid, it was almost kind of scary. It's like, what the fuck? You know, especially when you have parents that are, you know, really straight and they're like, you know, goddamn fucking hippies and all this and that. So, anyway, you have that kind of a thing here because this takes place in the South and the South wasn't known for being really kind to uh, civil rights. Yeah. And, and, and hippies and stuff like they, that. They never say where it takes place, but I, I, I did read that it was filmed in various places in Arkansas. So, oh really? Yeah, I was going to say North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it feels like sometimes it feels like North Carolina, except for it's it, it's pretty like uh, not mountainous but rocky. Right. Like there's not a lot of places yeah. unless you get way west, which I guess most of the moonshining would have been done there, probably yeah. like a little bit west of. Uh, 
Winston-Salem area, like in the foothills, but it still looked a little too hilly. But you get that feel. I mean, you mm-hmm. tell, yeah, you yeah, tell yeah, yeah. me, I mean, southern town. And, and I mean, they shot this shit on location because some of these towns, I mean, it looks like places that when, like I said, when we used to go to fucking Myrtle Beach or something like that, and you're going down through Virginia, before the interstates, yeah. you know, you you drive through some of these towns. Even around here, some of these towns look like that, you know. Um, uh, the, a lot of the towns, like uh, Dude, this guy, okay, there's Dude. a guy uh, named Dude. My dad had a friend growing up that would always come over to our house named Dude, and <laughs> Dude drove this big green Ford van, and uh, he would he would drink Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, Dude was on. Dude is on parole uh, uh, for like uh, moonshine violation. So it's a federal thing. So they basically the the ATF or whoever says, uh, you know, well this guy will be your connection. He's going to be your in yeah. to this county, and we've got him over a barrel because if he doesn't cooperate, we'll violate him and send him back to prison. Well, Dude is not interested in that at all. <laughs> no, he isn't. He's like, and and he's the same way. He looks at like gator when he first meets him and everything as being a stool pigeon and and all this and that um and i like when uh gator goes to see him the first time and dude is a mechanic so of course you know he looks like about as dirty as fucking dirty Ugh. and uh he's he's got he's working on his car and he's got a jug of uh moonshine sitting on his uh on his hood and gator's like can i have some of that and he goes oh what's that he goes oh i don't know who brought somebody just came by and set that there i thought it was water you can have yours whatever <laughs> so anyway uh he is going to help gator get involved so he introduces gator to one of uh, this guy i love bo hopkins i mean i've always <laughs> just he's just an awesome he has an awesome look um uh, he is perfect for this fucking role. He plays uh, Rebel Roy. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, and he's got a fucking girlfriend who... Sugar pudding. They couldn't have cast a white trash redneck <laughs> chick better than this Jennifer Billingsley. I mean, I'm telling you, she's got the gap between her fucking front teeth. They've got her wearing, like, one of these little short miniskirt dresses, and she does she hardly ever wears shoes. So, but she's got these... Uh, Dirty-ass feet. Dirty-ass but that now, even makes her look even more country. I'll tell you what, though. She had some nice legs. She's got a nice body. She's got nice legs, but her, she's kind of fugly. Yeah. Like, you know, she's kind of a butter face. But I will say this. She's she's um, one of those country-ass, um, like, she, like, ignorant country-ass white trash that would fuck you just... For just the, because for shits and giggles, yeah, yeah. you know, and make no bones about it. And she comes on to Gator pretty fucking hard, <laughs> right in front of fucking Bo Hopkins. <laughs> I mean, she's like, "You want to try some of this shaky pudding?" It was shaky, yeah. And she's and Bo Hopkins, they're sitting in the car, and she's like putting her feet up on Burt Reynolds' arm and shit, and flirting with him, stretching her legs out. And uh, when Bo Hopkins comes back. She's like, well, you, well, you two been talking bad. She goes, oh, I was just telling Gator about shaky pudding. And Bo Hopkins, of course, knows what she's talking about. And he goes, oh, he, uh, he starts laughing. He goes, a shaky pudding hood. She goes, I think you might want to try some. <laughs> now, I don't know where the f- it says she was born in Hawaii. So, but they dubbed her voice. I could. They, they had to have dubbed her yeah. voice. Because there was times where it sounded really bad, <laughs> and I don't know if that was actually her voice. Like if it was somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I think it. Like it, maybe it was. 
like somebody else did her voice or I, but I, but then there was times where she was talking cuz i think bert there was a couple times where bert must have had a lo- a line reading too and they didn't pick it up or something cuz i could tell that they they dubbed in him talking but you could tell he wasn't saying the shit at the time. Yeah. Like him and Bo Hopkins get in a fight. He calls Bo Hopkins like a fucking stupid shit kicking redneck or something like that. But he you calls could him tell, peanut head a couple of times or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but he wasn't saying that you could, like, maybe it didn't get picked up. Or maybe he said, you fucking cocksucking motherfucker. And they didn't want to put it in there for the rating thing or something. So. Yeah, this is only rated PG. So there's yeah. no nudity or anything like that in it. But, um,. She is, even though, like I said, now the 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 voice dubbing. I, I don't know if it's because maybe she couldn't pull off a country accent, so they had somebody else do it, or it sounded shitty. So then they went back and had her do it. Uh, 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 she and was a little off sync a few times. Dubbed it over, yeah, because they 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 shot the whole thing and they thought, okay, she doesn't sound country enough or something. But anyway, it's it's a little distracting. But she's so she's such a fucking redneck airhead that it kind of works. <laughs> I liked her. I liked her. Yeah, she was pretty awesome. And she she I guess when you're living down there and you know in a shithole uh, and. You, they probably don't have. I mean, obviously, didn't have a lot of money, and they don't have a lot of lot to look forward to. Uh, fucking is probably like a a, 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 a hobby, exciting pastime, a hobby. Because she tells Gator that um, she fucked some boy when she was like nine years old, and yeah. she goes, "Most most girls don't even start. I read most girls don't even start playing with themselves till they're twelve. <laughs> I was an early bloomer, and he goes like, oh, and Bert's like looking. He's like, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> she she might as well. I'm, she was like a goddamn dog that would come over and hump your leg, and that's that was his reaction. But you know, like you said. <laughs> so anyway, he's hanging around with Ship Puddin and uh, Roy Rebel Roy Rebel Roy, <laughs> and so any and um. Rebel Roy, they, they just kind of go through the chain of of getting Gator in, into this culture and getting him, showing him around, introducing him to people and everything. And he gets introduced to R.G. Armstrong, who plays Big Bear. Now, Big Bear, not like I said, with this movie, um, it did have some lighthearted moments, like some of the car chases and stuff. Some of the stuff you're you're like laughing when Gators uh, trying to shake these police cars, and he's going around, and it's it's not zany, mm-hmm. but like he jumps the car off this uh, dirt ramp and lands on this barge, and the cops standing there like, what the fuck, you know, you know, okay, I give up, fuck it, and 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 so that's kind of like a lighthearted thing. That probably ruined that car. Oh yeah, it had to. But the car chases were fucking awesome, and Hal yeah. Needham is the second, like, second director, so he probably did like a lot of the stunt stuff. So, and he did all this, you know. Of course, he was a legendary guy who did Smoking the Bandit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but he, like I said before, even though you have that element, and you have and, mega, and Megaforce, and yeah, oh god, you have <laughs> you have Shaky Puddin, and you have and you have Bert, and that stuff like that. You. You, the, the people you never forget that these people are some fucking badass 
dangerous fucking people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be rednecks, and they may be some of them may be dirty, and some of them may be backwards, and might not even be able to spell their own name. But they are some fucking you know. And and when Bert or Gator meets Big Bear, Big Bear's getting a fucking massage. <laughs> What a shitty massage. Yeah, she's just like laying on top of him and he, and like rubbing all over him. And um, I thought of you when I saw that scene. Anyway. Go uh, <laughs> <laughs> on now. Uh, so anyway, um, he gets up and he comes out. What's funny is he comes outside and he doesn't have a shirt on, but he's got these pants. And they're undone. Like they're unzipped, unbuttoned, but he's got his suspenders up. So he, his body is just fucking this old, gross, dirty old and man sweaty. Every, everybody's fucking so oh, sweaty and that's another movie. thing about this movie like in the early 70s you know i don't really remember when air conditioning became like almost standard in cars but i remember never fucking having air conditioning when we were little kids and just having the windows rolled down mm-hmm. and especially down south everybody would be sweaty as hell now bert's rug the thing about a rug is that you might sweat your ass off but you know when you have real hair, your hair gets sweaty. It soaks in, and your hair gets like <laughs> sweaty. A rug, it it just stays the same. Yeah. it doesn't soak through. It doesn't get sweaty, and so then it looks more like a rug. Um, but it, this, <laughs> this was pre really horrible burnt rugs. You would think that that toupees would have progressed, <laughs> but I think that. But but I will also say this part of it was probably his hair, and then. It was just like a hair piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Big Bear's being you know all nice to Gator and everything. He's like, "Hey, where you been? Where you from, boy? You say you're from down around there. Do you know so and so and everything?" And Gator's like, "Oh yeah, I know this." Man. Well, then he goes, "Why don't you come on inside and have something to eat?" And when they're walking in that fucking house, just out of the blue, fucking Big Bear pulls out this big old fucking hunting knife, Jesus, and pins Bert up against the this post and is like. You can drink my liquor. You can eat my food, but don't you ever do me no wrong. And it's like the 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 funniest thing was I saw this movie so many times on regular TV, and then when I finally saw it uncut, I had never heard Bert's response to that. <laughs> and, and Bert just looks him in the eye and and uh, he goes, "How do you like me to stick that knife up your ass?" And he goes, the, "He just his face just totally changes. He's like, I don't think I'd like that at all." <laughs> I don't think I'd like that one bit. Come on in, get something to eat, you know? And it's like, fuck. And that was funny because then you're looking at Bo Hopkins and or Roy and Shaky Puddin's reaction too. And then later on, of course, after they eat and they get in the car and they're starting to drive off, they just look at, at, at Gator and they're like, tell me the truth. Were you scared when... when Big uh, Bear pulled that pig sticker on you? Yeah, <laughs> he goes, scared shitless. You know, he's no sold. It's so good. Did you I get mean, a Burt laugh? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was I was not ready. <laughs> so anyway, um, Shaky Sugar Pudding uh, decides that she she pretty much just tells Bert, you know, if you want to fuck, just tell me. She goes, she goes, I don't believe. When she said I don't believe in fooling around, I was thinking, wait a minute, is she saying she doesn't believe in screwing around on on Roy? But the entire time she's coming on to Bert so strong. But what she meant when she said, I don't believe in fooling around, is let's cut to the chase. Yeah, I I don't mess around. I just want to fuck. Yeah, she basically just tells him, you know, if you you want some of this, just tell me. You can have it. 
and he's like, Good. So anyway, and they fuck in that gross-looking lake. Yeah, like, like fucking pond scum on the top, it's and everything. It's like a, the bayou or something. Gross. Especially <laughs> with a goddamn big old fucking water moccasin or something out there. But she, she, that was a that I'll I remember that scene from when I was a kid, you know, and you get a fucking boner. <laughs> yeah, she starts to open up the dress a little bit. Yeah. And, well, like I said, they don't show any nudity, but. But she definitely, like I said, she definitely is is uh she's a little bit fugly in the face, but yeah. uh, but you can overlook it. I, if I was in that situation, I'd debate. I mean, I know girls like that <laughs> still, <laughs> and I've had that opportunity on several occasions. I, I um, really like I, I really like that like her coming on to him throughout the movie. Like, and I feel like I've as I was watching it, I feel like I've like maybe wrote, written about it before or. Or been, reviewed it before, or, yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> but when he because he's got this little book that he always writes like things down, yeah. Because you know, technically he's supposed to be getting information on moonshiners, but really he just wants the sheriff, yeah. Um, so he's got this little book he always keeps, and he writes down like you know who's related to who or whatever as far as in the in the in the chain of command, but uh. He's in the car writing something down, and he really doesn't try to hide it very well from Sugar Pudding, I guess, because she's kind of dumb. But he's like, what are you always writing in that book? He's like, my life story, darling. She's like, am I in it? And he's like, you're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's all rubbing his, her feet on his arms and stuff. Yeah, I, I like that scene a lot. I never noticed at first, like, um, until they went in that bar where they see the college kids and, and Gator goes over and starts talking to them. That she's sitting in that bar on that bar stool and she doesn't have any shoes on. And I'm like, man, she just doesn't wear any shoes anywhere. She's like barefoot yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I did like one of the scenes that I, I liked was when um, Gator goes to see his parents for the first time since he's been out of jail and they're sitting on the porch and stuff like that. And, I, and it just, you did get that feeling because uh, the dad kind of, um, uh, I, you see this with other people with their kids and stuff like that, where they kind of rose-colored glasses. They have wear rose-colored glasses where their kids are concerned. Yeah. And the one part of that scene that I liked was uh, the mother starts crying about the Donnie, the son, getting killed, and the dad's like, you know, oh stop, stop, you know, Gator's here. Uh, everything's going to be fine now. He's back. We're going to bring that crop in, and he's saying this stuff, and then he just kind of gets this realization or, or, you know, reality thing. And he, and you know, cause he knows how Gator is and he knows that probably even when Gator was around, he wasn't doing any of that shit. He was out being wild. So, and he just stops himself in mid sentence and he goes, when are you leaving? And he's like tomorrow, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, it was kind of heartbreaking a little bit, but I, I like that scene. Um, and, uh, one of the uh, is like an iconic scene is um, when they go uh, when Dude and Gator go to town for the first time, and they're walking back to the car, and Dude says, "There's your friend," and he and it's Ned Beatty walking down like the sidewalk, and oh, and that's a fucking great scene. It was so intense because <laughs> Gator's like, "I want to talk to him," and Dude's like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" And it was like. Uh, t- 
two like like a like a pissing contest sort of mm-hmm. without really a lot of words because oh, Gator yeah. doesn't hardly say shit. He just rides up right beside him like re- like and just starts revving the engine of his it, yeah of his car and uh, Ned Beatty's just looking in. He leans in the window and like they don't, they don't know. I mean, obviously Bert knows who he is, but but yeah. Ned Beatty doesn't have any idea who who Gator McCluskey is. Yeah, and and and. And he, the cop basically does the general cop thing. He comes over and says, you know, well, you keep that car between the lines and all this stuff. And, uh, and then starts to walk away and, and fucking Gator does the same thing. He just pulls up again and just, and just keeps revving the engine and staring and just staring at him. Yeah. And, and so the, I think that because they, you know, he doesn't know who Gator is or whatever, or what he's there for. He just assumes that he's a smart ass. And that and and he basically says that to him. He goes, you know, uh, Bert kind of breaks breaks the ice a little bit by saying, "There's only only two things I'm scared of: the women and the police." <laughs> and, and I bet goes, you spend your time trying to hump them both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he kind of breaks the ice as far as that goes. But then that kind of puts him on the sheriff's radar, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Bert kind of wanted that too. I mean, he was pretty much ready to just jump out of the car and kill him right there, I think. But so anyway, um, you have the, the Diane or the Diane Ladd uh, thing. She was kind of like one of them chicks because when Dude was out in the garage with Gator, this guy was delivering moonshine to her, and he's like flirting with her, and he's and I can't remember what he said, but it's something that you know you really wouldn't say in front of somebody's. Oh, the pie uh, scene is like, why don't you, why don't you, uh, who says that to her? Is and it, and uh, Bo Hopkins even smacks her on the ass. Yeah. He's like, why don't you leave, when are you going to leave him and marry me? Because she yeah. makes really good pie. Yeah, apparently, shaky pudding and pie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you have uh, uh, some some rapey uh, deputies that are kind of scum, very scummy. And, uh, and the whole thing is Gator... Uh, is after the sheriff and then when the sheriff finally finds out because he's got connections because of corruption and stuff he finds out that gator is the snitch and that dude is helping him and everything and then you're leading to this inevitable conclusion uh which is the showdown and but like i said i mean you have some really just some really cool uh, car chase, car driving, car stunts, and I'm like you. There were several times where they were showing uh, from you know they were showing Burt Reynolds his face and stuff while he was driving the car, mm-hmm. and I mean it looked like he was fucking driving. Now I know there was probably a lot of the more hairier stuff that he wasn't doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, you could the, tell the, the, the way out stuff he was yeah. driving, you know. And I like when he came when he first got out of prison. And he's driving through town, his hometown or whatever, and the two girls see him and they're like walking by the car, talking, flirting with him, and talking to him. Yeah. That was kind of a cool thing because you could you could see that happening. And it, like I said, like the rural stuff, like when they're driving through town, you see people just walking down the street, little kids on bicycles, a fucking marching band or whatever going on and stuff like that. Uh, I just like that whole whole setting and how they captured it. It was really authentic. Yeah, but that's about all I have. Yeah, and the, the 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 filming locations really added to the effect of this. If it was done, you know, like when we did the Ron Howard movie a couple weeks ago, where it was supposed to be like in I don't know, it's supposed to be southern, but it's just obvious that it's some like in Cali- yeah, it's California, southern California, yeah. southern California, or whatever. But 
uh, the, they really added uh, to the whole effect of it. And movies like this, even though I didn't see this when I was a kid, it still has a nostalgic feel for it because... I mean, you know, the the areas I grew up in, a lot of it's like this. You know, when he's going over to the the county next door, you know, that was always. You know, I was from I was from I grew up in Forsyth County, and that's where Winston Salem was. So we were the biggest yeah. city in our area. But then, like one county over, it, it was always like you know, my mom would always be like, "Oh, they must be from Yadkin County or whatever." You know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, this that's this kind of place. You know, that's like you know, it's just a smaller, more far more rural area. But, um, you know, the, the cars are great and at the, um, I mean, if I had one complaint about this movie, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the resolution of it. It's a little too clean and easy from how, from the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I was thinking when that, when it actually, when it happened, the, the kind of showdown thing mm -hmm. that I know why the person what happened to him happened because of what happened to yeah Bert gator's yeah. brother yeah but you know it was it was a little too it was wrapped was up too well i was thinking how why that, that i don't think that would have <laughs> yeah. did what it did and and you know yeah but the um well, we'll talk about it off the air yeah <laughs> but some i mean more, i was going to ask you about that some more of the um uh, some more of the nostalgia stuff. Like he he spins out in front of an old Kroger, which I thought was pretty cool. It reminded yeah. I did the Krogers near me growing up didn't look quite like that, but the that it looked more like there's a, a grocery store we used to go to called Food Fair um, that had like a, that like a circus tent theme to it. <laughs> Yeah. But that kind of that Kroger reminded me of that. I really like when he's cruising those two sluts in the parking lot, like going yeah. also he's drinking a beer in the. I was front surprised. I, I remember when we were little kids, and and we used to always think it was the greatest thing in the world, or laughed when we would go to the beach and see Piggly Wiggly stores. Oh yeah, well it's we like, did. I thought that was the funniest name. We never had Piggly Wigglies near us, which they, there was lots of them in North Carolina, but they were always yeah. near the beach, so. Um, so I thought it was pretty crazy. Wiggly, wiggly. One of the schools I went to, uh, was east of here near the, near closer to the coast. And there was a, a local Piggly Wiggly. I was like, I actually have a Piggly Wiggly in my town. Cause that was always, whenever we'd go to the beach when I was a kid, uh, right across the bridge from the Island we'd stay on was a Piggly Wiggly right at the base of the bridge. And that was our grocery That's what, store. Instead of calling there. having sex in this movie, shaky pudding, they should have called it Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> let's get do some of the, let's get do some of that Piggly Wiggly. Um, the uh i just and they 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 do a very good job of building you know ned Beatty's not the most imposing looking guy but they do a good job making him fucking scary in it uh yeah. they, they they build him up well you know like dude saying uh you know when when gator gator says i want to go i want to get connor sheriff connor's he's like connor's you might as well swim over to china and get old mouse a tongue himself yeah the, the, the redneckery in this movie <laughs> was like when they were saying ain't nothing but communist that's all they are yeah. ain't nothing but communist and it's like you guys are so fucking ignorant you wouldn't even know what a fucking communist <laughs> was the uh, but i mean i i know people like that yeah. that are just they're just dumb and the and and bert's <laughs> really bert's really good in this too um the uh, I'd, I'd liked when he threw the moonshine jug through the back window of the car as dudes peeling out. That was a pretty good shot. Yeah, <laughs> um, my wife was a fan of all the tight pants in the movie. She wanted me to mention that she was watching the movie with me. She's like, <laughs> I like all these tight pants, uh, and she thought Burt Reynolds was a pretty good looking guy back in the day. She's like, man, he was good looking. Um, oh, see, there you go. 
the um, the woman perspective. Yep. The but she doesn't like REM. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> the uh, the 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 old there's an old man in it. I think it was was that was that dude's dad that does not know how to play pinball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my he's, god. He's that always was... good. He was in um, uh, La Longest Yard with Bert too. He he's playing pinball on the on the porch of his old house, and whenever he push like flips the ball out, he never fucking hits the flippers. He just like pushes. He's like bumping the table with his hands, and that's it. And I don't know if it was ad libbed or what, but it, Ned Beatty says something like, "You got to use the flippers on the side." <laughs> and he's like, "I know how to play pinball. I am using the flippers." <laughs> he wasn't at all. It was really weird. Um, there's a coffin in an El Camino, which I thought was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, I really like, I, I like, he, he sells it at first and then kind of forgets about it, but he has an injured arm later on and, uh, Burt Reynolds does. And, uh, he actually starts, he's doing some amazing driving one handed at first. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking cool, but, um, you know, the, adre- the adrenaline got pumping. Yeah, it must have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It I'm did. not prepared. Uh, got that adrenaline pumping. <laughs> the... <laughs> So yeah, besides the end, um, I like this one all too. I've seen it a few times myself. Yeah. So, what, what what would you rate it? Oh, oh, I forgot one thing we forgot to talk about, Uh-oh. and this is an important one. Uh, not important, but it's just uh, when Bert seduces the old librarian. Uh. He seduced a magazine, or sorry, could have been a librarian, and Seamus with the big tits. But then in this one, <laughs> now how old do you think she was? Was she late? If Bert was probably 32, she might have been like 40. She had like she had that look See, about her that she might she have been 50? in her 50s. Yeah. Let's see. And Bert? he was seducing the shit out of her. He turned the charm on on her, and she didn't know whether to fucking shit or what. And she was like, well, you know, oh my God. And then, like, her pussy was like, fuck. You know, uh, this, uh, you know, you could, t- you could see that she went from being this, you know, kind of, uh, uh, stuffy, uh, she wasn't a librarian. She worked, at, she worked for, uh, the sheriff. She worked but, at, the, uh, at the courthouse. He wanted to get in and yeah. get, go through the court, the, the, the sheriff's uh, it, office. She, when Bert started flirting with her, she just automatically, automatically, you know, because she thinks, you know, he's a good looking guy and everything. You could just see where she just automatically goes into her flirt mode. <laughs> And not thinking, you know, okay, I'm like 50 years old and he's like, you know, 20 years younger than me. And that was just fucking awesome. And, and so he's like, he like fucking turns on the charm and seduces her. And then when, uh, when it comes, when push comes to shove, I think, I think she got a little too, she got a little scared of Bert's, uh, <laughs> he was, maybe she he was pawing her face, man. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He started fucking trying to kiss her, and she's like, oh. no, no, and no. then when he fucking put the the uh, hairy lip lock, or no, he didn't have the hairy lip lock. Yeah. He, he just had the no, burnt no mustache lip. in this one. And he smooched her, and man, she just fucking went into a panic. She's like, I just know you got a bunch of tickets or something. No, <laughs> no way. And but I'm telling you what, I guarantee you, she went in that fucking thing, and when she went to bed, she fucking fingered that goddamn. <laughs> old- <laughs> to death whatever that's pretty crude i'm sorry sorry but anyway i would give this like a fucking 8.5 nice. i I, th- I i could watch this movie i own it i've watched it so many times but i just like that it's um i like the 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 villains in it are very good 
they're not like one dimensional though they're not just like i said even jc connors even though he he you know killed bert's brother who was innocent and everything you'd see him in the office and he'd be talking to like his secretary or talking to people walking down the street and he you know he wasn't just like this guy that every it, i think he was more or less if you were a uh law-abiding citizen and you mm-hmm. didn't have long hair and you had a business or a job or something like that in, in town or whatever, he, you probably you probably would have been with him like, you know, Sheriff Connors keeps, you know, you know t- uh, he doesn't put up a shit from these smart alecks and he keeps these assholes in line and this and that. But, I, but if you were in the outlaw business or you were a commie hippie pinko, you were fucked. <laughs> yep. He did in his uh, his method. Well, you know, we I guess we'll mention this before we wrap it up, and I'll give my score. But the uh, you know he he just a fucking murderer. Like I mean, that's how the movie opens yeah. is him. They it's silent, and they're just uh, shit. They're paddling out through the lake. Uh, oh, that was the two awesome. guys like these two guys like are, that are gagged and tied up with cinder blocks in the in the bottom of the boat. Pulling, he's pulling him behind him. He doesn't say a fucking word. He just turns around and shoots a shotgun into the side of the boat, and the boat just sinks. And they're like squirming around. They can't. They you know they're well, all tied the up. And he just liked, paddles off. And he never he never turns around. At the beginning, was the tow rope was long enough that at the at first you just see uh, Ned Beatty and his deputy just paddle in the boat. And you, if you don't know what's going on, you just see these two guys paddle in the boat. And then the camera pans back. Mm-hmm. And then, at, like I said, the rope was probably like ten feet long or something. And then when they showed the other boat, you know, you got these two guys gagged and and, and they're struggling. It's like all of a sudden it just changes, and you're yeah. like, "Fuck, what the hell?" Yeah, yeah. He shot the goddamn side of that boat, man. That made like a geyser of water went flying. <laughs> yeah, and I, I give this a seven point seven five. I liked it a lot too. Um, I, you know, like I said, I'd seen that one before, so. This is a this will this is a revisitor. Um, I need to see Gator. I've never seen that one. I think that one's funnier, right? It's more of a comedy. yeah. Yeah, it's it's got Jerry Reed in a song. Yeah, I like Jerry Reed. Uh, cool. He plays a baddie. Um, well, we don't have any feed sack, but I'm still going to take what? a break to play one more uh, one more promo, and uh, we'll come back and talk about what we're doing next week. We'll be right back. Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. Class to the trash.
All right, we did get a little feed sack, actually. So, we got an email and a voicemail. They came in while we were recording, so. All right, first one's from Davey Mack. Uh, Seamus Shit Story is the, is the subject. Um, congratulations on episode 100, you dicks. Since Mr. Loaf was so relentlessly honest with his one second away bathroom story, I thought I might share my closest call. Uh, a friend and I traveled to see Bob Dylan play in Austin on Halloween in 1996, and I stayed with a pal up there. Great show, and we boozed it the fuck up during and afterwards. The next morning, they took me to the Salt Lick a barbecue restaurant outside of Austin for the first time. (laughs) Ridiculously wonderful place that serves family style, uh, meaning they always bring this awesome smoked meat until you tell them to stop. Uh, The more I I took advantage of that, or I more than took advantage of that, it's glorious. On the way back to the house, my uh, my booze-addled, completely stuffed to the gills, gastrointestinal tract hit the red alert purge purge alarm. I'm all sweating and contorting in the back seat and just yelled at my friends, exactly how far are we from the house? <laughs> Disaster was narrowly avoided, but it sure could have gone the other way. I feels you, sir. But seriously, I love the show and look forward to it every week. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The um, <laughs> I had a funny one I was telling him, too, because he sent me that story in fa- on Facebook also. I had a similar one. Uh, it was Jane and her parents and I at a, a burrito place. <laughs> and um, it hit this me. This is already starting. Out yeah, good. It, it wasn't. It wasn't my car. I had no control over this. Um, I was in the. Uh, I can't remember if I was in the front passenger seat or the back passenger side. But the um, about halfway back, it hit me that this barbecue or this uh, burrito was was ready to be done already. <laughs> It was ready to leave, and <laughs> I was panicking because it's like if I shit in my father-in-law's car. Oh my this, god! This is before we were married, too. <laughs> if I shit in this, if I shit in my girlfriend's dad's car, and um, so I'm trying to like what? Be good for business. I, yeah, our podcast. I was trying to, I was trying to release release some steam, <laughs> like kind of like just like like fart a little bit Take to release some room. pressure. Dude, it smelled so bad in the car. <laughs> and they, they, I got them to, I, I was trying to think because at the time uh, I was getting ready to move or we had just moved into an apartment together and her apartment she still had for like another week and she still had a few things in it. So um, we had to pass by that apartment. I was like, why don't we just stop here and I'm going to grab some stuff and then uh, you can, because it was in the same complex. They just had to walk. And just uh, and I'll I'll see you guys in a little while because I'm gonna go grab something in Jane's old place, and I went up there and just blew. Uh, I barely made it, but man, got on the car they were probably like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he stinks. <laughs> How did you explain the first? <laughs> I didn't explain it at all. I just hope that nobody noticed the, the obvious stench in the car. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I they noticed. I'm sure they did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we got uh, what the hell? <laughs> we got we got one we got one email from Subhash Deshpande that says I need your assist for a project. So I'm going to assume that's ju- that's uh, junk. Um, we, and then we got one uh, one voicemail. So here we go. Hey, there you go. <laughs> this is the now, you know, the past week, I had a lot of people ringing in to show and go, okay? 
Hey, Sly, did you hear fucking Jason Statham the other week? You know, he was effing and jeffing, you know, being all fucking rude, using the C word. Do you think he was being aggressive? Well, to all those people who ask that, you know what I say? I say, fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> man, you know. Jason Statham is a British guy, you know. British guys use the C word all the fucking time. You know, I might occasionally call somebody a fucking scumbag, and that's probably about as far as I'll go. I, you know, I've got a wife, and I like the daughters and shit, you know. I, you know, I don't want to upset them. But in Britain, it's a different matter, you know. Uh. Everybody uses it all the time, you know. All the school kids and fucking grandmas, granddads, and fucking, you know, it's a different one. Different, you know, so, you know, that's one thing. And the second thing, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but we're currently filming a film called Expendables Free, the greatest action movie of all time. <laughs> you know, and uh, once we're filming that film, you know, you got all these guys. You got me, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, fucking Jet Li, Arnold Schwarzenegger, fucking Wesley <laughs> Snipes, fucking Mel Gibson, well, you know. We're getting pumped. We're working out high, you know. And he needed to unleash some of that positive energy built up in this film, you know. So, you know, he's just being, you know, Jason, if you don't like that, you can fucking fuck yourself, you know. That's what I say. <laughs> he's my pal. You fucking leave him alone. But, yeah, you know, filming Expendables Free has been great, you know. It's fucking giving us a lot of time to... We'll get down to gym. We're working out real high, you know. It's brilliant. You should see all these muscles. Fucking all these glistening muscles in the gym together. It's just a beautiful sight, you know. You got fucking... <laughs> fucking muscles all over the world. Fucking Europe, fucking America. Yeah, you know, Australia. Fucking all the continents. It's just beautiful, man. I can't wait for everyone to see this film. I know... The fucking Love and Zob and fans of the first two Expendables movies. So, you know, this one, they're gonna go wild for it. It's gonna tip them over the edge. They're gonna be so fucking pumped. You know, I'm really pumped for this shit now. I'm fucking, I can't wait for everyone to see this. It's fucking, yeah. yeah. Come on, you know, it's fucking, everyone comes away with filming. It will be fucking Expendables. We'll walk out. It's gonna be fucking brilliant. I'm just fucking, this is how fucking filming this film makes me feel. I'm just busted with fucking muscle power, you know? It's <laughs> fucking muscle power at the extreme. Ugh. Uh-huh. Ugh. Expendables 3 is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, I'm, I'm getting amped up. I'm training. Mm, I'm pumping. Uh, so, next week on the show, <laughs> uh, we're going to do Maybe this is in honor of everybody going back to school here in the United States. Maybe. Um, we're going to do a student super spy double feature. And I don't remember who originally asked us, asked us to cover. Or I feel like Matt Sazaka had his hand in here somewhere. Giggity goo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to know who to blame. We're going to do uh, If Looks Could Kill from 1991 starring... Richard Greco or Greco? What? And uh, we're going to do Never Too Young to Die, starring John Stamos and Vanity. 
Never yeah. too young to die. So that's next week. Uh, I gotta go get some shit done. You can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and on uh, our website, uh, silvaandgold.com. And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash silvaandgold and come and not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Um, cool. Cool. Zom is yawning. You got Horror Hound. You you pumped for that? I'm not going. Yeah. I lied. Lied. Fuck Horror Hound in the butt. Mm. I'll be there. Well, have a good trip. Have a safe trip. Yeah. Give everybody kisses trip. for me. Have a long trip. Um. So, wish I could be there, but, you know, it is what it is. Spend all my money on Rock and Roll Express shit instead. <laughs> rock and Roll. <laughs> rock and Roll. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, I got nothing else. Zom, do you? Uh, I don't have much. No? Until next week. This is Loaf. Boot. Zom. Bye.